Eat, Drink, Smoke, Tony Katz. So good to be with you, along with April D. Gregory and Fingers Malloy at Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana. It's where we eat the fine food, drink the fine bourbon, and smoke the fine cigars. So we start with bourbon. Uh, and now the Masters is going on and came over to Blend. And uh, it, my gosh, the place is packed. What's going on? It's the Masters. We're talking golf people, and people are nuts about golf. So I was like, what, what is a good golf bourbon? What's a good golf cigar? We'll get to the golf cigar in a second. A golf cigar, by the way, refers to the fact that you can utilize it on a golf course. You're not going to worry about if it gets lost or it gets, you know, the weather gets to it. If you end up dropping it, it's all right. You can get another one because it's the right price point. It's got a certain kind of construction to it. I think we've picked the winner. Uh, but when it comes to the bourbon, this is Noah's Mill. Uh, Noah's Mill Bourbon. Uh, this is uh, 114 proof. This is not by any stretch of the imagination for, 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 for children, but it's not the strongest thing that we've ever done uh, on the show. Uh, what you're going to get out of this from the nose, you're going to get oak. You're going to get orange peel, which very often happens with bourbon because bourbon, you know, certain things are the same. Oh, hi, April D. Gregory. How are you? As you walk right by me, uh, you're talking about 51% uh, corn. You're talking about a new uh, American charred oaked barrel. You're going to get sometimes uh, repetitions of those flavor profiles. The question is, how, how was it done? Uh, what was the rest of the mash bill? Meaning you have 51% corn. What else is in there and how does that uh, work? Uh, so you're going to feel that orange peel on the nose. The taste is going to give you a little bit of uh, kind of a nutty almost a, a roasted pecan kind of feel, and vanilla. Um, and you're going to have what can only be described as that typical, typical burn, right, that a bourbon has. Sometimes when it doesn't have that burn, we're a little surprised by it. We do it the same way here all the time. We do it neat, and then uh, we've got a cube that we can throw it on. My cube is a little melted. I want to throw the water into the cube. Uh, let us go. This is Noah's Mill right here. Is that a Kentucky? Oh, that nose is strong. That doesn't oh God. sneak up on you, does it? Oh, dear God, that is strong. Which I get, but I get it in a spicier kind of way. I don't think I get oak. One of the things that it discusses in some of the reviews, burnt sugar. That rough, sweet kind, kind of feel. I was in a country band called Burnt Sugar in the 90s. Honestly, Burnt Sugar would totally... To that's a great name for a band. That's a great name for a... What are you talking about? Just throwing it out there. Do that. Hold on. You, you drying this? What are you, man? April, are you going to try it? You're just going to... What, what do you think? I can't even hear you. There my you mic go. Oh, my mic is on now. Much better. Who are, who are my producers here? Why was my mic not even on? Well, no, if you had been around for sound check earlier. Okay. This is not as strong as I thought while April might throw up. <laughs> oh, my God. You're right. I will never throw up, but holy moly, that's intense. Yeah, but it, I was expecting from the nose way more than that. Way, Ooh, way, no. way more. That's uh, Hold on a second. All right, first things first. Wow. That's a very warm bourbon, Fingers Malloy. And it's going right on the <laughs> It didn't even waste any time. That is a very, very warm all the way through. But but no no burn, no tingling of the tongue, right? No tip of the tongue pain whatsoever. That was absolutely kind of washed down. It coated the throat completely. It's still working its way down. It's still working its way down. That's kind of unbelievable. It's funny that you say it's a warm bourbon because to me, you know, most of the time I like to have my bourbon with, uh, you know, either over ice, a couple ice chips. I like what you do right. with that. Uh, to me, if you were going, I'm not a, a big neat person, uh, but in the winter, I can imagine sipping this by a fire and, uh, you know, snowing outside, 15 degrees out. And You've got this really all fits. planned out. Oh, yeah, oh my absolutely. God. I'm, I'm jotting down notes right now to, to buy a <laughs> bottle of this for the winter. Um, sp it's smoother than I thought. By Is there any romance going on by that fireplace? With the, with the bottle. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. Well, I mean, it seems I don't we've, know. Uh, we've, we've gotten to the late night portion of our program. Right there. Oh, this well, is, this is interesting. Dirty. Jeez. I've had I've 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 had other ones I've enjoyed more. Now this is meant to pair with our our cigar. We'll get to that in a, in a little bit. But I want you okay, to try this see. on the cube right here. Are you all right? Are you doing the Kentucky Chew? Are you doing the Kentucky Chew? 
I did the Kentucky Chew, yes, and it's more tolerable on the cube than it was, but there's no way I'm going to have another sip of this. I'm really? Just, this is if fine. there's a bourbon that has the name Kentucky, like the, the word Kentucky in the name, I don't want it. There you go. You're that's so what bitter. I've, that's what I've learned uh, in our bourbon tasting. If it's Kentucky something, I don't want it. You think it's too strong? Yeah. Oh, this is... The this Kentucky is, ones are too... Are too this has nothing to do with that and everything to do with she drove down to watch Purdue at in Kentucky, in Kentucky <laughs> and Whoa. now she definitely has an anti-Kentucky bias now. No, this the ones like these remind me too much of Jack Daniels. I'm just going to say it. Wow. I need, even I though it's some, Tennessee. I need better quality than that type of whiskey. All right, listen. I'm not telling you how to live. This is um, it's not as complex as I thought it would be. The orange on the nose, the citrus on the nose is there. It doesn't burn the tip of the tongue, but I can't tell you many notes from it yet. I'm going to leave it on the cube for a while and see what we get to. To, to me, I think the reason why is because I, I think that Is it the because I went is, down to Louisville to watch Purdue? Th- that's right. The aroma is so intense that it, it, it kind of clouds the palate a little bit. Yeah, the, I, so it's on the cube. The idea that it hits just one note, it's not It's not full, and it, in it, in it's kind of like flavor bro- profile like there isn't these multiple things happening right now I'm only getting one thing I'm going to see if it opens up so a, our a friends our, our friend that we know Jenny Bosch she wants to know would you recommend this for a hot toddy oh I'm not the expert I don't know if I would I don't know if I don't know if at $60 a bottle this is my hot toddy bourbon true true right I, I think that's a I mean, it's a good question but I don't think uh, that's it I want to get into some of the the, the stories uh, of, of the day and Julian Assange is one of the stories of the day and so it's been a, a big theme on, on the radio show of course it's a big theme all across America this is the guy from WikiLeaks and this is the guy who just uh, got arrested right he's been holed up in uh, the uh, Ecuadorian embassy in London right first he was wanted on a, on a sexual assault investigation in Sweden so they're the ones who allowed him to stay there and for almost seven years he was in this embassy and couldn't leave then those charges dropped, and he missed a court date in London. Then London and, and Britain wanted him. And then it turns out when Ecuador said, we're not giving you asylum anymore, the British police went in and arrested him. The United States wants to extradite him. There was a charge against him, an indictment going back to March of 2018 for computer hacking, saying that he worked with Chelsea Bradley Manning um, to uh, get these hundreds of thousands of documents, and they worked on hacking together. But others will tell you that if you take a look at what the indictment says, it was nothing more than him saying, hey, what else you got? What other information do you have for us, uh, or, or for me? What else can you find? And at one moment, Chelsea Bradley Manning said, um, I, I think this is, this is the last. And his response was, was that uh, curious eyes never run dry, which is the idea of keep looking, keep pushing, keep going for things. I know it's a ridiculous expression, right? But it's the idea that he wanted more. To that conversation, a lot has kind of broken out because somebody wanting information is the is different than somebody hacking a computer. And it has to be said like that. There are two different things, asking for information and hacking a computer. That said, the big question is, is Julian Assange a hero or a criminal? Because we all took a look at that WikiLeaks stuff, every last bit of it, we took fascinating. The emails with, with Hillary, the Podesta stuff, everything else. I mean, it's just remarkable stuff. Can everyone be wrong? When yeah, it, when I guess everyone can be wrong. <clears throat> I Fingers, you're the one that's right, so you tell us what's up. Well, first of all, I think that this was an elaborate scheme on his part just to get with Pamela Anderson. He totally got with Pamela Anderson. He got with all the parts of Pamela Anderson. <laughs> Pamela Anderson referred to the UK as America's bitch. Yeah. That was incredible. Right. Absolutely incredible. She's not wrong. But, but don't you feel like the, the reason why everyone in Washington and in the media is so mad is because he went around the traditional way of doing things. And in so he embarrassed the elites, not only in the media, but of course, the people, you know, everybody in Washington's ticked off at him, whether Republicans, Democrats. Uh, but I, I have a hard time when I sit back and I, and I try to evaluate the story. I have a hard time believing anything that's being reported. You've got congressmen running around, you know, you know calling him a Russian agent. We're, they're, they're still trying to bring this Russian collusion story and, and try to breathe life into it through the Julian Assange arrest. And 
it's more Russia, Russia, Russia. And I, to me, I look at it and I have a hard time believing anyone in the media at this point, especially because of the behavior but, of the last three years, even when it comes to reporting this, because the media seems to have a grudge over the Hillary Clinton emails. I'm not saying they don't. I'm not saying they don't have a, a, a grudge. Remember, it was Democrats. I mean, we're not talking. We're not getting to the politics or just just the, the history. Democrats love Julian Assange. Part of the story, but but it, it's it's not. Your first question was, can everybody be wrong? And the answer is yes. And everyone can also be right as well. If he was engaged and actively hacking computers, the guy is guilty. There, to which he can also uh, be guilty. He can be found guilty in that way, but. What about to the idea of if you're given this stuff, you you can't share the, 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 the stuff? I mean, if, if you're a journalist and you're given, look at this level of information, you can't share that information? That's a very, if, if you can't share this stuff, can government tell you what else you also can't share? Right? So that's the argument. That's the argument, for example, of Glenn Greenwald. Well, I'm not a fan of Glenn Greenwald. I think I disagree with him on a million things. But he's asking an interesting question that I'm at least going to pose here because I think it's a question whether it's Glenn Greenwald or not, a guy you might know from The Intercept. It's still a, a, a like a large-scale question. Somebody gives you something, can you publish it? Yes or no? Should you is different. Can you? Because that's where the question goes to. Is this really about, I think it was Tulsi Gabbard, uh, presidential candidate, Democrat from Hawaii, uh, this is a this is chilling of free speech and reminding journalists to toe the line and stay quiet. That's what that's what she put out on Twitter. You you get something? Can you can you can you publish it? Well, that's what I'm going back. What I was saying earlier was this went around the traditional legacy media. I mean, some of the stuff that he is is being crucified for today uh, by 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 the mainstream media is stuff that I think if it were. If we were looking at a media that was uh, that played it, you know, down the center, the Hillary Clinton emails. You don't think that if if the Hillary Clinton emails, if this this story, if this were a Republican, that if the Washington Post got a hold of this, or the New York Times, they wouldn't have have gotten it. No, well, see, that's part of the problem. The answer is I don't know if they would have gotten involved in that story. Uh, so therefore, I won't tell that story. No, but, but Hillary we've Clinton seen were this Republican. time and again. If Hillary Clinton were Republican, if Hillary Clinton were, journalists would have tattooed it to their foreheads. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, there would have been skywriting of, of, of what happened if Hillary Clinton was, was a Republican. Of course, that's media bias in the U.S., right? So if, you're quite, if your point is, is that they're angry with Julian Assange because he did the thing that they weren't allowed to keep quiet, I agree with you. But it isn't about whether or not uh, the Washington Post or CNN are happy. They're the most irrelevant parts of this conversation. This guy got this information and he knew that it was coming directly from government computers. He knew that Chelsea Bradley Manning was was hacking in and getting this stuff, and he printed it. Is that a crime? That's the question. I'm still stuck with yes. It's a crime. Of course it is. How can it not be? Well, I, I think you're kind of right. I, it's you're, He's complicit in getting that information. But that he, Getting the information is the crime, but I think he's complicit by publishing it. So the, the because he uh, never should have had it to publish in the first place, right? So right. zero stars, zero. You know, if he wasn't doing that, then I don't want to hear about him and hacking. And and I think that if the indictment's going down that direction, it's bunk. If there, if the guy was saying, well, what other information do you have? No one told Chelsea Bradley Manning to hack the the systems. No one, meaning that no one, uh, there was no uh, arm turning or there were no threats that I know of or anything else like that. Manning wanted to do this stuff and screwed over soldiers and screwed over uh, the, the people that uh, uh, they, had, they had once worked with. It's, it's disgusting. So, it's really it's, Oh, Manning should be in jail, by the way. Well, that, that's my question to you. Who is more of a villain in this story, Manning or Assange? Okay. Manning, for me, is always the biggest villain. Chelsea Bradley Manning is 100% the biggest villain after his respect for this guy. I'm not going to. If you want to blow a whistle, you go blow a whistle. Edward Snowden blew a whistle and then ran off to Moscow. I have no respect for you. None. Run. Like, at that point, what are you going to run? But, but Snowden ran. That's my point. Snowden ran so he wouldn't get arrested. He's uh, asylum in, in, in Moscow. That's Lord only knows do. what he gave uh, the, the Russians. That's not what you do. That's what you have to do. No, it isn't what you have to do. That's my whole point. 
that's, that's not, not what we have to do because we're not the ones doing crazy shit. I'm not saying. <laughs> I, my point is, is that if you're gonna do it, man up, how, whatever, whatever, whatever the sex may be, and 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 go ahead. If it's based on principle, right, then you have to, to face the fire. No, you do not. You you got the information, and how much more do we need from you? We're than talking you got the about Manning versus Assange here on Assange. Okay, so I consider Manning more guilty than than Julian Assange. Okay. On Assange, you get the information. What do you do with it? That's a that's a legit question. If you if you if you show me where he broke the law, if he okay, even if he's not a U.S. citizen, but if if I as a I didn't do anything for it except I was handed to me, I should be able to use it. And I think that's the part for journalists that's or and really for all of us. Well, what I find fascinating. frightening. What I find fascinating about the story, too, is, I, and I agree with you, I think Manning is the bigger villain here. Manning is going to pay less of a personal price than Assange's. Because Assange has spent seven years in locked up in an Ecuadorian embassy. Yeah, well, Manning's out because Obama let him out. Right, exactly. Her out. I mean, I mean, Assange the, paid a price. He's over there boning Pamela Anderson. Spent seven years in an Ecuadorian mm-hmm. embassy. I don't know. He, he, did, he did bone Pamela Anderson. By the way, if you're into that way, sort of just, thing. yeah, we are. But he he wasn't allowed to say uh, to Pamela, "You look great today." No, no, and yeah, you can't say. Manning to me is worse than Assange, uh, but I don't think I'm I'm in the place where Assange is like all innocent. No, but at the same time, like at this point, I don't really care what happens to him. Now this is the part that blows my mind because you're not alone. I don't think you're alone on, on any level. I, I really thought this was going to be like one of the biggest stories around, and I have a lot of people who are like, whatever. They're, they're, I don't know if they don't get it. I don't know if they don't want to get invested in it. If they're just past it. It's just one more bit of noise. It's these elite politicians all finding ways to be mad at other people for finding out how just ridiculously corrupt uh, they are. And they're just upset and forget them. Don't even pay attention. You, you know why I think people don't care about it is because it doesn't help. It, it doesn't tarnish their political enemies. And that's what because because uh, Assange ticked off both parties that there's so therefore they can buy, they can have uh, some kind of bipartisanship going after him yeah and and so there there isn't a passion there that there would be if they could use him in a way to somehow score points on his political enemies well the passion should one hundred percent come from people who are questioning whether or not uh, they're allowed to actually report we'll do more on that uh, blend bar cigar is where we broadcast. From Eat, Drink, Smoke, and we are doing the Noah's Mill bourbon. It's been on the cube for a little while. Let's let's get back to it. Let's. How is it? Okay. It's been on the cube, and I did it on a large rock this time. It's opened up a little bit. I would say it's a little more citrusy. There's yep. definitely more of the orange in there, uh, for sure. But it's still falling a touch flat. It's not that it's bad. I Don't, don't get me wrong. It's not bad. But it's just falling a touch... It's not fully open for me. But you can get in a lot of trouble with this stuff. What was the, the 114 proof? proof? Oh, I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. You may fall into that fireplace. Right? So, no, it's... Uh, I'm surprised we didn't uh, drink these out of our special glasses. No, we'll get to the special glasses in a second. But thanks to our sponsor, Fanimation. Fanimation.com. Uh, these are your world-class ceiling fan people. They, they, it's, it's for business. It's for pleasure. It's for everybody. April V. Gregory has notes for me. Go ahead. Give me my notes. Tell me what I'm not doing right. Tell me what I'm not doing right about talking about uh, Fanimation. First of all, they are indeed fashion forward. These are absolutely beautiful fans of Fanimation.com. And not only do they look better, I mean, these guys are serious about their quality. This is a company uh, that's uh, headquartered right here in Indiana, uh, and they're available uh, nationwide, uh, worldwide, um, and so much of it is customizable. Like, you can make the fans of Fanimation look the way you want to look and and have those kind of little quirks that make them all to your home, fit to your home or fit to your office. If you're taking a look at the video that we do uh, weekly at uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio, you'll see the fans behind me. You'll see what's going on behind me, and you'll be able to be like, wow, those are some very cool ceiling fans. I want those uh, for sure. So that is a Fanimation. They also do indoor-outdoor stuff, all sorts of things. Fanimation.com. One more time. I'll gladly. Fanimation.com. The other story, because this was one that you posted to the Eat, Drink, Smoke Facebook page uh, there, April D. Gregory. And this is the story about Charlize Theron. 
who Fingers Malloy actually had to look up. Are you serious? Yeah, he didn't know who she was. Oh, no, no, no that's Wait, not true. Wait, what? No, I just he wanted, didn't know who she was. I wanted to get a current picture. Wasn't sure. Oh. Like, pardon me. Who, who is this? Who is this lady who's trying to get into my life? Charlize Theron, uh, the actress monster, uh, Charlize Theron, and that was when she looked her worst, and that was purposeful. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Uh, she, it turns out, um, can't find a boyfriend. She can't find a boyfriend, and she was doing some interview on some red carpet and, you know, E! or Entertainment Tonight or whatever the show is, and she says somebody needs to, what was it, grow the, grow the what, April D. Gregory? Grow the balls. I, I and ask her out. Right. Someone has to just grow man up, pair. grow a pair, and ask her out because nobody's asking her out, and she's really, really desperate to find somebody. Clearly, she's desperate if she has to put something... You're one of the most beautiful women in the world, and you got to put out something that says, no one's asking me out. Are you serious right she's now? She's very serious, it seems, and I don't appreciate you not caring about uh, her, her needs. She is not someone who could just do two dates a night. She could, she could, she could get herself 25 dates per night, and what? she's complaining because no one would ask her out. Oh, we've talked about this previously, that men are awful. Millennial men are awful at approaching them and asking up to her and said. Charlize, loved you in Mighty Joe Young. Uh, <laughs> hey, Applebee's has a two for 20 meal. You and me, Friday night. Right? What's a big deal? For crying out loud, Tony. I, there was uh, somebody on Twitter uh, said that she has a friend who had a date set for Sunday night, but he canceled because he forgot that it was Game of Thrones. So that this, <laughs> this is a true story. That's a true story. This is what women are up against. This is what women are up against. Now, in Charlize Theron's case, man, she's intimidating everybody. She's absolutely gorgeous. She's a, she's a movie star, tons of money. And, and you're like, okay, I can't measure up, which is a terrible way to think. Don't ever sell yourself short. My gosh. Well, as you like. We know some people who live in, in L.A. and how they wouldn't have interaction with actors. That's, that's what I was getting ready to say. I think she probably has a reputation for being crazy. Like You think? It did not work out with her and, and, and the guy from uh, Third Eye. Crazy for him. Ah, like, she totally dated him. Uh, too. I think she's just crazy. And Is that what she said? I mean, she nobody, in ho- nobody in Hollywood wants to date her anymore. I think that's the problem. I, I can't. Can you get that reputation? Like, too crazy? Clearly, she has no one that will date her, and she's begging for dates. She must, Something must be wrong with her. Well, that, well, well, there's something wrong with everybody. There's something wrong. Look, there, April, there's something wrong with you. Right. There, not very much, but if you're a hot blonde, <laughs> rich as all get out, and super famous, and you can't get a date, I think you have a re- reputation for something. So, okay, so she doesn't date in Hollywood. Just date in the regular world. That's not true. But no. who's going to find her? Who's going to be able to walk up to her in the Nobody regular world? Can, no regular person can walk up to her and say, hey, let's go to Applebee's. You Sorry, know what? That would be a great documentary to make, dating Charlize Theron. Send a guy out there and try and find her and ask her out on a date. Like she's coming out of LA Fitness all sweaty. Be like, hey, Charlize, I got you these flowers. See how quickly she calls the police. Because I, because I think that's the other one. Who would she? Who is going to be accessible? How else? How else are you going to meet her? Can you find her on J Date? Someone get on J Date. Look for Charlie. Tinder Theron. is she on Tinder? I what is J Date? Is that the Jew one? That, oh, it's the Jewish one. Every week. I don't. I don't Every even understand week. you. I, how can Every you? Week. How can you? How can you not hear <laughs> like the Jew one? How can you not hear that that's wrong? It's like Ilhan Omar. How can you not hear? That, that you're being an anti-Semite. I'm like, how so, can you not, not? See, you're no, you're not you're, being an you're anti-Semite. Just you're just being to me sad. What's happening on? Uh, the 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 Jewish one. The Jewish one. Not the Jew one. <laughs> don't you understand how hard that hits on the ear? She's literally in tears. Everybody. I don't understand. Literally. <laughs> so just add ish, like blackish, Jewish. Yeah. Uh, well, see, no. This is very confusing. Oh, thank you. Thank you for proving my point. My people are very confusing. Good Lord. Uh, by the way, just, just so we're clear, a- April, April is not a-, a bigot in any way. She is just slow. <laughs> Charlie Theron um, uh, may be on J-Day, which is the Jewish one. Yes. J for Jewish and date for, would you like dinner? 
basically is is that's how it translates out to. Okay. I don't I don't think she's on those sites. How else are you going to no, find she's her? She's not on those sites. What Hollywood party are you going to get invited to? But I think it's an, I think it's fascinating because take it out of the Hollywood part of it. Are there women out there who aren't being asked out because men are too afraid? And what you keep yes. telling me is absolutely true. Absolutely, and then you you. <laughs> You throw in the fact that she is an international film star and rich, and I'm sure that just some guy at a bar, say you're in Vegas, that that seems to be a place where maybe you would be able to meet an actress if you aren't in L.A. You know, okay, famous actress walks into a casino bar. What type of actress? (laughs) Not talking about the AVN Awards. Uh, A a famous actress walks into a, a club in Vegas, how many regular guys are just going to walk up, nudge the fellas and say, hey, watch this. I'm going to go up and talk to Charlize. Charlize? 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 Yeah. How many, how many regular guys are going to do Susan. that? That's, that does have to be tough for her. I mean, where's she going to meet guys? Oh, poor thing. I just feel so awful for her. I didn't right say now. I felt awful for her. I mean, I'm sure she's uh, it's gotta be weeping tough. about this uh, on a huge pile of cash as we speak. I mean... It, don't feel bad for her. Every, everybody's got problems, Tony. That's everybody's true. got problems. Not me. Not me. I'm fine. Not Th- me. There's I'm fine. no. There's no excuse except for her own. There is a problem she needs to fix with her personality or with her internal self, and then she'll start she getting dates. Fix it with her internal self. <laughs> April channeling her inner Doctor Phil right. right now. So, so if you were going to psychoanalyze her from three thousand miles away. Uh, uh, what what could Charlize do in order to attract more uh, males of the opposite sex? Well, being whiny is not a way to do it. Wow! I'm just gonna throw that wow. out there. She she put, she didn't she wasn't being whiny. She, she made was a declaration. About not being able to get a date. She, she was being honest about she her was, situation and she was asking for help. It was a cry for she help. She was deflecting April. the problem and saying, "Men need to grow a pair." Now that's true. Why doesn't she ask somebody out? Why doesn't oh. she ask somebody out? Right? Right? Me too. This is 2019. You asked somebody right. out. Right. Um, she can do that. She's not being oppressed. Wait, is she being oppressed? She's not being oppressed, right? She, not that we know of. Right. Okay. Maybe if she, unless she likes that. She's I'm hot, not judging. famous, and rich. There's no reason why she shouldn't have men fighting over her at a bar. Exactly. This is 2019. But that's to April's point. She's not in a bar. April's point is she's crazy, and and that's why it's not happening. And she doesn't sit at a bar. That's to my point. I think it's yeah. a sign of the times that guys just aren't as good at asking women. No, out as that's they not were. true. When you're a Hollywood celebrity, you, your ego is bigger than anything, and you think you can do any. There is a problem with her if these dudes are not asking her out. Mm. If I'm Polly Shore, I walk up to her and ask her <laughs> out. They are also in Houston, Texas. They're in Nashville, Tennessee, and Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Com. We continue with the Noah's Mill bourbon. We're going to get into the cigars. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes to hear the full podcast. Sometimes people watch the video on Facebook, facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Subscribe there, and you will get the full podcast. And don't forget to leave a five-star review and write a review as well. Do all of that, and, and April D. Gregory, uh, she will date you. I'm not crazy. Oh, oh, that's right. She's not crazy. She's not crazy. No, no. This is Eat Drink Smoke. <laughs> Eat Drink Smoke, Tony Katz, April D. Gregory, Fingers Malloy, Blend Bar Cigar, Indianapolis, Indiana, Blend Bar Cigar. Uh, dot com because the Masters is going on uh, th- this weekend, right? So we were picking things that that were kind of like things you do with with golf, right? So or what you would drink with golf, what you would smoke with golf. I often talk about golf course cigar. So we did the Noah's uh, Mill uh, bourbon uh, right there. Um, I don't, I don't know uh, where where I am with it. Um, the Noah's Mill. Yeah, I don't. I don't know where I am with with the Noah's Mill. I think it's it's like one one and a half notes. It's not that it's bad. It's just not as as big as I was hoping for. There now, there's no burn. There was no tingling on the tongue. Stop it. So a- April, you, it, listen, I'm going by my palate. I'm not going by your palate, which I don't know what's going on in there. How could I have no idea what's going on? There was no mouth. burn on I have, that. I'm, thing. I'm doing it again. Here, watch. Look, look, look. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh, it's way too much water in there now. 
You know what it reminds me of? I mean, not the flavor, but kind of the overall vibe is the uh, Matthew McConaughey. Oh no way! The Long Branch, where it was just kind—it was there. It was like there wasn't a lot to it. Where you could get into trouble with but clearly, it, but, but that was a, it was a much sweeter thing because I remember April was well, no, she was also thinking about Matthew McConaughey without a shirt, yeah. And but really, she was doing it from Dallas Buyers Club, and nothing made sense at, at that moment. So that's the the Noah's Mill. I, I'm I'm going with one note, but on the cigar, I wanted to pick something that would work on a golf course because a golf cigar is not something you're spending big money on. You should at least I don't think you should spend big money on the clubhouse, maybe. But if you're out on the course, it doesn't make any sense. You've got the weather, you got wind, you got elements. And the thing is going to drop. You're going to forget it somewhere because you know you shanked the thing. So why even try it? So I assume that was a golf term. <laughs> I assume that was a golf term. I'm a big fan of smoking jacket, um, right? Smoking jacket uh, made uh, by people who are very uh, Kellner uh, is 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 the group, and, and made by people who are connected to the Davidoff group of cigars. Well, this is the uh, smoking jacket Henke H E N. K-I-E. It comes as a Toro, so it's 6 by 51. So 6, referring to 6 inches long, 51 is the ring gauge, how wide it is uh, around. So it's an easy hold of a cigar, male or female. Uh, it's an easy smoke. It's not too much in the mouth. Um, this is uh, Dominican. This is Dominican uh, from its country. It's, it's the wrapper, the binder, and the filler is uh, Dominican as well, with a little bit of a Nicaraguan uh, in there. You're going to find this for 9 to $11 a stick. So you can afford to have a couple on the course with you. The first third of this cigar, the minute we started, April was like, my lips are burning. I don't think they were burning, but rather this is a, this is a peppery cigar. It certainly could be from the wrapper of this, that just that, that flavor. It could have been just something that hit you odd. Yeah. You know, I've had that happen before, um, but it doesn't necessarily mean anything problematic to the cigar uh, itself. The no, they're fi- it's fine now. The construction on a smoking jacket is really good. Now, the original smoking jacket comes with a red label. The Henke uh, is with a gold and black label. So there's how you're going to tell the difference in your in your local uh, cigar shop. Uh, if you're going to start, and we've had a couple of cigars like this recently, almost that hay or that wood. It's, it's, a, it's this dry kind of flavor. Uh, that comes through as opposed to some of the more bigger, bolder leathers, creams, uh, things like that. It will change. As you get into it, you'll start building the creaminess uh, uh, in into the thing, and it'll grow uh, from there. And then you're going to start getting into uh, um, a little bit more of like a, like a white cream kind of kind of feel to it. It's going to kind of thicken up as you go through. You're also going to have that pepper all the way through. So it's almost a cigar that at, at, for maybe more than novice, you feel like you're fighting through to get to the place you want to be, right? That's what the first third's going to do to you. For somebody who's really experimented with cigars, you can appreciate what they're doing. You can appreciate how that turns and slowly gets into that more kind of open kind of feel and the, and the, and the smoke of the cigar gets a little creamier, things like that. But the, the purpose of this cigar is that nothing about it is going to overwhelm you on the course. You don't want a cigar cost-wise to overwhelm you, and you don't want it necessarily, while you're golfing, flavor profile to overwhelm you on a course. Well, the, you're right. The thing is, when I'm out on the course and I'm smoking a cigar, two things are important. One, obviously, uh, is, is the flavor and this right here. I, I wasn't crazy at first about the pepper. I'm not a big... Uh, yeah, right, so at first, right at first, the pepper kicks you. But That's right. All the Dominicans are going to have that spice. I'm a Nicaragua fan myself. I like the leathers. I like the dirts. I like, the, I like that flavor profile more. Right. But the other thing, too, is when you're on a course, the draw has to be It has to be very easy to draw the cigar and to keep it lit. Right. And we, we had that cigar last week with, what was that called? The pyramid. It, 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 was, it was a pyramid shape, but shape. it was the Diamond Crown Maximus, and I agree. That was, a, that was not easy. And it's the, I, I don't like the pyramid shape, but I try them. Right. To, you know, but it just doesn't work for this, me. There's nothing more frustrating when you're on a course and you're trying to smoke a cigar and you set your cigar down, uh, and it, it should only take you a minute to take your shot and then go back to your cart and your cigar either went out or it's it's hard to keep it lit. Yo, totally. And then, you know, you're trying to keep it lit and you're trying to relight it on a golf course and it's windy and it's, it's a big pain in the butt. To me, this feels like early on that this is a great 
cigar for a golf course because the draw is easy and it doesn't look like you're going to struggle to keep it lit. And and all of that matters. All of that matters. That you, you want it. You want it to be a part of the experience. You don't want it to detract from the experience. So cost-wise, flavor profile, and the, as you're talking about the draw, the construction, the build of the cigar. That's why I like it. This is the smoking jacket uh, Henke, H-E-N-K-I-E. The gold and black wrapper uh, is is what you're looking for, and so you wanna um, you wanna check it out. You wanna get it. I want to get uh, the uh, the Kit Kat. As seen on the uh, Eat, Drink, Smoke Facebook page, facebook.com slash eat, drink, smoke, Kit Kat is now available as an ice cream bar, and this is singularly the greatest thing I've seen all week. It has been a weird, odd week. Everybody is angry. You it know, is there's a, a weird sto- week. There's a story that I, I, I don't know if it's going to get buried in, in last week's news. The guy tried to set himself on fire in front of the White House, lit his jacket on fire, had had some burns on a uh, Friday they, afternoon. They got to him. Yeah, Friday afternoon. Does he not know that's not when you do these things? Oh, uh, you uh, don't uh, get media attention on a yeah. Friday afternoon. Don't do it in the news dump. Great Buddy, time not to self-immolate. Time, next time, Monday morning. I heard he did it because Shalise Theron uh, turned him down for a date. That's what I heard. I don't know if it's true or not. How angry are you? If if it's not protesting the Vietnam War and you're a monk, how angry are you that you're setting yourself on fire or how <laughs> mentally ill? I mean, I want to make fun of a guy. Who's mentally ill? But I mean, like, there's madness going on. The level of anger is out of control. Me, I want a Kit Kat ice cream bar. This thing <laughs> looks absolutely spectacular. Uh, comes in uh, four to a box, and it costs eight dollars and fifty cents. What? So it's like like two dollars oh, and twelve okay. cents a, yeah. a bar. Is That's basically not bad. what you got going on. I'll do that. Oh, Do it in a heartbeat. Because when did those come out? We need to get those. I t- I don't know when they came I'm out. The, I should let me find this. Let's because for it. me, uh, a game changer in the ice cream dessert field was when Snickers started to make oh, a Snickers yeah. ice oh, my cream God. bar. I've yes. never had it. Oh, oh my oh. God! Really Snickers fantastic. is my favorite anyway. And then you just put the ice cream in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it looks exactly. Well, it looks like a bigger Snickers bar. Oh and my gosh. There's the nougat, it's like nougat ice cream. So everything else is there. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's oh, fantastic. Yeah. No one tells me so anything. Good. You got to go to a gas station. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you're so... You're you're, have they, to you this. eat more at gas stations than any human being ever. Ever. Like, coffee at a gas station is the most it, I'm doing. It'll toughen you up, Tony. Look, it'll unless... toughen you, up your inside. I don't That's know. Right. Where, I, it depends on where you live in the country. Um, but the convenience store of convenience stores is Wawa, which is an East Coast thing where literally at in breakfast and lunch, you will see lines of 30 and 40 people getting like, well, it's Jersey, right? So uh, you're getting an egg on a hard roll, mm-hmm. right? Um, or something like that. Or they're getting a, a, a sandwich for lunch. Like they're, they're ordering actual meals there. Here in central Indiana, there's a place called Get-Go. Uh, that uh, it's owned by Giant Eagle, which I'm a, actually a very big fan of. I think they do brilliant coffee, which is ridiculous. But like, coffee's really like. I mean, unless you can find one of those kinds of places, coffee's the only thing I've ever gotten at a, a oh. convenience that didn't come in a package. Like this this morning, I had to uh, fill up the car, and so I well, she uh, she just found there's two kinds of ice cream in the Kit Kat. Oh, and she's all sorts of excited. No, I filled it up this morning at this uh, local gas station, and it, I got. Uh, $30 worth of gas. I got uh, an apple fritter the size of my head, and I got a sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit. And I chased it with uh, an orange crush. How are you alive right now? How is any of this po- How am I Because fat? according to what? you, because according to you, there's nutritional value in all that crap he ate this Oh, morning. okay. It's not as bad as Pyongyang. No, no, no. Let's, 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 let's get into it. There's our standard of living. So we were discussing last week, and if you get the podcast, Eat, Drink, Smoke, on iTunes, give it a five-star review. And thank you, by the way. Reviews have been going great. We're building. We're growing. It's been fantastic. Eat, Drink, Smoke on iTunes. Subscribe immediately. Um, We were talking about nutrition. And the argument was the nutrition of a hamburger. The argument was about whether or not we live in a nutritious time. And what is nutrition? Am I I covering the story right? Am I remembering it right? Yes. April D. Gregory? My point was, was that it is better to eat a hamburger than not. And my argument was, was that eating a hamburger is better than any diet in Pyongyang, which I could also place to 900 other places. 
It's that you're better off eating a McDonald's hamburger, and that was the 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 what April used McDonald's hamburger. You're better off eating that than anything else. And you're that, better off eating toilet water, drinking toilet water, than drinking water from. A, 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 I don't know. Wow. <laughs> wow. She makes a good point. You know what? You could run for Congress. <laughs> like that's how good. That's how good. Yeah. Why don't you go to the? Where'd you get those clothes? Clothes. The poop store. You're brick. You're brick Hamlin. Is it brick? Is that his name? Sure. <laughs> it's Anchorman. Someone help me. I only know the lines. I don't know the character names. Brick Hamlin. I've never brick seen. Brick Never seen it. You, what do you mean you've never seen Anchorman? I don't watch movies. You've never about, seen Anchorman? No, I've never watched movies I've about seen Anchorman. She's never seen Godfather or. <laughs> I, wait, have you ever I, seen Smokey and the Bandit? I don't. I don't remember. Oh, maybe? good God. Burt Reynolds. You wouldn't remember Burt Reynolds? That's a little before yeah, her time. So you, I, these are things I would have watched with my dad when I was a kid. So you've never seen Anchorman? That's no. just terrible. Anyway, back to nutrition. <laughs> of course, there's nothing wrong with a hamburger. There are things that might there's be, quote unquote, healthier. If you need nutrition, we live, and this was my line. If we you live, need nutrition, go to the grocery store and get a salad. So No. We live in the single most nutritious moment in world history. But we have the single most unnutritious people because they're choosing to eat hamburgers instead of vegetables. To wit, this week, Fingers Malloy sent us a, a text, <laughs> which I know you got. I didn't read it because I just knew it was going to be stupid. The McDonald's hamburger is the most nutritious food, the easiest to access nutritious food uh, that, that exists. That How so easy it is. No, the it, it's the easiest to access food we are because not, it's a bajillion McDonald's in the world. We are not disagreeing that there are things healthier than a McDonald's hamburger. I'm disagreeing your use of the word you gotta be into the microphone and if McDonald's you're not. at the same time. Those two words should not be used in the same sentence. For the person who can't get nutrition otherwise and can't afford things otherwise, yes it is, and thank they should thank the Lord above, go to, they have it. Go to Walmart, which is right next to the, the McDonald's, and buy yourself a cucumber for 50 cents and eat that, and you'll be as full as if you ate that hamburger, and you'll have more nutritional value. Try to find a grocery store do. in Detroit. I don't even you know what find, to do. You can find McDonald's in Detroit, but you can't find a grocery store in Detroit. Okay, that's then that's a different problem. Absolutely. Can I, can I tell a Detroit story? Absolutely. Because April's driving me crazy. I was in Detroit last weekend and one of the things that I saw that thrilled me because the problems with Detroit are real you're a Michigan guy the absolute it's not decimation we're not talking about like an average of 10% the destruction of Detroit is one of the ugliest things that has ever happened I know people want to get into the politicizing of it oh this is what happens when you have a Democrat mayor this is what happens when you have Democrats in charge we're not getting into the politics of it, all right? I, there are places where I could totally agree and, and even lead the, the conversation on. The story I want to tell is about Shinola because it's an absolutely incredible story. So Shinola is a watch company, and what they did is they went to Detroit. I don't know if they're originally from Detroit or not, but they opened up their production facility of creating these watches in Detroit. Now... The watches are not over-elaborate by any uh, stretch of the imagination, which I personally prefer. I don't like a watch that does 12 different things, but I don't like an Apple Watch either. A watch should tell a story. A watch is part of personality. By wearing that watch, you're saying something about yourself. Never mind the fact that the artwork that goes into watches, the creation of, of those automatic timepieces, those, those, those movements, uh, it's spectacular and brilliant. And, and it's not even, it shouldn't happen. How the pieces are so incredibly tiny, they have to devise tools to deal with the small pieces. It's incredible. So Shinola opens there, and they start building watches there. And I'm at, at, an, at an event, and I'm at an event with some people who've got a couple of bucks. I mean, this was, they, were, they were all different kinds of people, but some people with a couple of dollars. And I saw men and women, grown men, grown women, in, who from the area, wearing Shinola watches. And I, I mentioned... I discussed it, and I said, I love that you're wearing a Shinola watch. And to a person, it was about a level of pride in what Shinola was helping to do with the revitalization of Detroit. Well, Dan Gilbert, who owns, who's most famous for, for Quicken Loans and owning the Cleveland Cavaliers is doing in Detroit, is out of control. But it was about a pride, and you so rarely see it. And I think people are jaded to the idea of pride in Detroit. What are you talking about? 
it was like like they were beaming that I noticed, and they had now they could share this like intimate personal story. Uh, here's the deal. I'm not going to claim that I'm from Detroit. I'm from a, a town 90 miles north of Detroit. But when you're in Michigan and you're, you grow up in Michigan, especially on the in mid-Michigan or the east side of the state, you feel like you're part of Detroit. And Detroit, because Detroit has been the, the punchline of a national joke for decades, you feel like the, the whole world is against you. There's a... You know, there's a saying that that is is bandied about quite a bit: Detroit versus everybody. And I've never heard it, but okay. In, in well, because you're not you know from that area, and so when something like this story that you're talking about, when it comes to these watches, happens, and you've you've got a, a, someone who decides, you know what, everybody's moved out of Detroit. We're going to move into Detroit. We're going to invest in Detroit. The people that love Detroit, that love their 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 hometown, they will rally around that business in ways you won't see in other communities because they they feel like they've been picked on for so long. They appreciate that someone would say, you know what, I could have built my business, I could have built uh, put my factory anywhere. I chose Detroit, right? I, I, so I didn't know that that was how they kind of feel about it. I mean, I, I know people often talk about they love their hometown, they want to respect their hometown, and what... You want to talk about unpopular opinions? Allow me to give mine. I hate... Hate's a strong word. I am annoyed by, much better word, uh, the blank, strong conversation. When anything goes wrong in a town, when some calamity occurs, whatever, all of a sudden you're Jersey strong or Boston strong or all these kind of things. When Boston happened, it was the attack at the Boston Marathon. It was horrendous and violent and okay, I kind of got it. That city got really rocked and rattled, and you're searching for one of the one of these guys, one of the Sarnev brothers. Uh, they were. You're literally searching house to house. They found the guy in a boat in someone's backyard. I mean, it was frightening. So okay, I get that. But everything else, I I find myself looking at it, saying, I, "How does this actually help?" It's it's like. Okay, something bad happened or something calamitous happened. Let's go print the T-shirts. That's that's not the way to do it. Buying a watch and supporting a company that's helping to rebuild your city seems like a really good idea. Yeah, I, you. Yeah, I'll give you a Detroit story. Uh, well, first of all, you, you know it's very easy to, to point to the politics of it, but the bottom line is when you have over a million people living in your city in the '60s and half your popul- population leaves over four decades you're, you're, it's, it's and there are very few places that can follow that can connect to that story right right I can't I don't have that experience but there are so many there's so many burnt house burnout down houses and shells of what they used to be from the riots in the 60s that are still in town when they had the Super Bowl what was it Oh God, I don't know. Twelve, 12 Not years when ago, were they in the Super Bowl, but when they had ah, the Super Bowl. No, no, yeah, everybody. Oh, believe me, everybody knew what I was talking about. Yeah, I just wanted to rub that in there. Oh, that's fine. Uh, How are your producer barley makers? Oh, uh, so my line. <laughs> so anyway, there was concern by corporate sponsors about these buildings. At one point, they they said that they were going to wrap these burned down, burnt out houses in saran wrap. And have corporate logos on the saran wrap to cover up these homes that were devastated by the riots in the 60s and haven't been burned down or haven't been demolished yet that are still up there and are are eyesores because the city hasn't recovered. That's weird. Yeah. That's how still to this day Detroit is, is hasn't recovered from the 60s riots. So when you see businesses like that saying, you know what? Everybody else has left. I'm coming. I'm, I'm, I'm investing in Detroit. That's why you see. Can you still get one of those houses for like five grand? You can buy a home in Detroit for $200. You know, I, I don't think that that's a... But you have to now maintain it. Do you rebuild it? Do you just tear it down? Well, like, aren't they... Don't they want you to tear it down? Like, here, I, I'm not a... I'm not a I don't want to get overly political, and there are some connections uh, within the table, and I don't, I don't want to, you know, drive anybody nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm not a super big fan of, of the mayor of, of Indianapolis. Um, we'll agree to disagree on a whole host of things. One of the things I, I like what the city has done, 
there was this abandoned apartment complex. And the apartment complex was basically a, a drug haven. And so these, all these blight things, eventually you got to do something about it. And, and I, I think that it's just, uh, it's one of these things that transcends politics. You just realize you got to do something. What else are you going to do? If there was another mayor in, in there, I think they would have done the same thing. They're tearing it down. It's a smart, right move. Now, I don't want a government going about and stealing land and taking land from people and, you know, and, and, and that kind of thing. But I, I appreciate the idea that you can't have this problem. You can't have this issue. So I wonder if, if like, do they come to a moment in Detroit where they're, or they, they discuss, do we just knock these things well, down? Well, yeah, they're, they're, the money isn't there, but there has been some of that. And what's been really bizarre and interesting about this is you are seeing what's called this movement called um, urban farming. Right. Where there will be two or, two or three vacant lots and there will be there's corn in the middle of the city. I have growing. argued for forever, and I don't know why this is somehow... I don't know why this isn't happening, and I don't know why someone thinks that it, because I, I lean more to the, to the political right that, uh, you know, somehow I can't think this way. God, I hope your crunchy side's about to come out. Grass is stupid. The <laughs> idea of having a front yard filled with grass is the most ridiculous nonsense idea in the world. What would you if put in your front yard? There are places, you're talking about the, the, these houses, there are places where in the medians, in the middle of the roadways and other places, they, they, they grow crops. They grow food. If there was somebody who wanted to tend to a garden and turn my front yard into a garden, in a heartbeat, why in the world am I growing grass? What's the point? Unless I'm going to find some kind of livestock to graze. For the, the, only for the puppy to play in and the children. That they can play in the backyard. Okay. Right? I didn't say the totality. You just want to farm out your front yard. Oh, my God, yes. And into something you could grow. And if you told me I get 15% of the crop and you're going to take the 85% and give it to a food bank. And you're you going to take what? care of it. And you're, Oh, and totally you're going to take care of it. That's the key. I'm so in, I don't even know what to say. Give me 15%. Give me some tomatoes and give me some cucumbers. I bet there's right? a city ordinance. I was about you. to say, you uh, that. There's a city or- ordinance, set it on fire. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the homeowners. Yeah, association. homeowners association would crap. My homeowners association, uh, you have to get prior approval to change the color of your shutters. Because they don't want like lime green shutters. I can appreciate that. Ugh. I'm having a bigger conversation about we utilize space wrong. And we utilize land wrong, um, and and we're not we're not we're we're stuck in a methodology that isn't necessary to be stuck in. It's smart that people are taking. Hey, we've got this land. You can actually grow food from the land. Okay, let's go do that. That's a much better idea than edging your 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 yard. Edging your yard. The I don't have cable. I I, I don't want to spend the money on cable. But I pay for a lawn service because I'm never mowing my lawn again. I don't want to touch it. I don't want to know about it. But I see people edging their lawns every single week. And I'm like, my God, doesn't anybody have sex with their wife anymore? (laughs) You're going to spend your time edging the lawn? (laughs) That's like a thing that people say. When you see a man outside spending all his time gardening and, and taking care of the yard, he's obviously not having a very good relationship. Do you know how often that's true? That people, they're all, all day in their, in their yards. Uh, all day, they have to... And, and they're up at 7.30 in the morning on a Saturday. Like, I feel like you need, more pri- you need pride about something more sustan- substantial in your life than your front lawn. So I would turn my front lawn into a, into a garden as quickly as humanly possible. But that's an interesting story about Detroit. I wanted to get into an, another story here, um, which is also about messed up cities, sanctuary cities. Sanctuary cities are these places where they don't worry about federal immigration laws. And they're like, if you're here illegally, uh, we won't report you. Which doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense. It's, it's looking at the law and saying, we don't care about it. It's saying that we're more valuable and more important than federal law. Somehow they think it's kindness. I don't know how it's kindness to the citizens to say, hey, we're going to harbor people who are here illegally. Well, there was this report out that Trump wanted to get back at sanctuary cities and so the president wanted to uh, take people who are coming across the border illegally and drop them off in sanctuary cities. <laughs> What's right? the problem? Might as well. Well, uh, the problem is is that uh, it was Border Patrol and a couple others said, okay, that's, that's, we, we don't have the 
ability to do this. We don't have the money. We don't have the wherewithal. We and you don't want you don't want the PR backlash. You don't want it. I don't think he cares. First of all, he totally doesn't care, <laughs> right? And there are plenty of people like, yeah, totally do it. Teach them a lesson. People are infuriated that he actually brought this up, <laughs> but it didn't happen. So what does it matter that he brought it up? It's just spitballing. Right? Just kicking some ideas <laughs> we got a We got a proposal. Let's go put the proposal out there. Is no one going to mention that these cities have a proposal that they've enacted that says if you're here illegally, we won't hand you over to the proper authorities? Yet Trump, th this is the, the big issue, and he didn't even do it. Right? He didn't even do it, and everybody's totally up in arms and totally out, out of their heads. On the subject. Why won't they just talk about the Mueller report? I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't. that's going to come out this week. I am going. I'm going to read every page. I am going to read every single. I am such that guy. I, I don't think I have an option. And the problem is, is that I if if I don't, Congress is just going to start talking about things. People like Representative Eric Swalwell, who's running for president out of California, Nancy Pelosi, Maxine Waters, all the candidates, they're going to start talking about things. And I want to be able to have context because I'm saying, not I think, I'm saying with 100% assuredness that all of them are going to purposefully and proactively twist and, 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 and uh, contort and flat out lie so they can talk about how much they hate Donald Trump. We're not even going to get into the details of what Russia tried to do with an election and what we need to do about Russia. No, no, no. For, forget that. Just how can you destroy Trump with this thing? Oh, what I read every page. What, what I find amusing about this whole thing is the amount of people who, are, were, who have been screaming for the past few weeks for the full report to be released, how many of them are actually going to read the report once it's released? No, they're not going to read it. They're just going to make crap up because it's not even in it. They're all going to pick the same five or six talking points, whatever the aides get together and tell them to say. And that's what they're going to talk about. And that's why you got to read it. I'm not even talking about the con I'm talking about the activists. You know, the fundraising emails have already been written. They're ready to be sent. Oh, this is your grift moment <laughs> with Fingers Malloy. <laughs> Thank you. I almost missed We're going to need that. a sounder. You got to throw that yeah, in there. Yeah, we're going to need a jingle <laughs> or something. No, you're going to get, you know, the Mueller report was released. Sounder. I'm counting on the fact that you're not going to read the report. Here are the six takeaways from the Mueller report that we've come up with that probably aren't true. And really, democracy is going to die in the dark if we don't get $5 from you. So please send the email <laughs> with the money. That's what's going to happen. Guaranteed. I, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. Of course, they're gonna, it's, it's going to be awful. We, it, it, should, it shouldn't be that way. I was, there was a, an, an MSNBC story. Chris, uh, Chris Matthews? Is that his name? Chris Matthews? Chris Matthews, yeah. Um, he was getting ready to interview John Brennan, who's the former CIA director, who's already discredited. He said that there was collusion. He said he knew there was collusion. And when there was no collusion from, from the attorney general, he said, well, I, I, guess my, I, guess, uh, I guess I thought there was more than there was. That was his answer. Well... Matthews is interviewing him and he's going into this whole soliloquy about how the Mueller report's going to come out and the president is fearful of the report because uh, he doesn't want it to come out and the whole team is totally worried. When, when did this become a talking point? It's like, okay, there's no collusion. Everything we said didn't turn out to be true, but let's keep beating the drum because it's what our people want. Like, it's one of the, it's this great example of this is where the ratings are, this is where the rabid base is. Let's go back to the guy who set himself on fire. You're so angry? You set yourself on fire? And, and then you had this week the uh, Michael Avenetti from the law firm of Avenetti and Hutz. We're going to get into that on the snack size. Uh, he, he was on CNN how many times over the last uh, year and a half? And you know, two hundred million. Oh my! This God. Is the, the Stormy Daniels lawyer. Yeah, I cannot. I can't take these people seriously anymore. They're so, Their credibility is shot. But they don't ever stop, and 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 that's why you have to read the report because people. If you, it's one thing not to like Trump. I've never had a problem with someone not liking Trump. You don't want to vote for him. Don't vote for him. You don't think he has good character. That's fine. You, you've got many people who agree with you. That's totally fine. You don't like policy. Also, totally okay. It's not okay to make stuff up. It's not okay to pretend something's there when it's not there. It's not okay to do. And that's why you have to read the report, because these people are going to make things up. And if you don't have context, I mean, basically, the Mueller report is homework for 330 million Americans. 
if you don't read it, you're not going to be able to keep up in class. And I'll be shocked if 200,000 read it. Fanimation, a fantastic sponsor. We appreciate them. Fanimation.com, beautiful fans that you're not going to get anywhere else. And Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis and Nashville in Houston and in Pittsburgh. Blendbarcigar.com and the podcast, of course, on iTunes. Give it the five-star review. Eat, drink, smoke on iTunes. Five-star review. Write a review. Find April D. Gregory, uh, the podcast Smart Girls Politics over at ricochet.com. April D. Gregory on Twitter. Fingers Moy Radio on Facebook. He's got the Snark Factor podcast, the Enough Already podcast, and you hear him on Wham! 1600 AM in uh, in, in, in southeastern Michigan. That's right. That's, that's where you find him. It's, their, it's the place to talk over there. Uh, and find me Facebook.com slash Tony Katz Radio. Uh, I think I have solved my malware problems with TonyKatz.com. Oh, it has been such a what pain. A headache, we was. hope to have that back soon uh, for you. This is Eat, Drink, Smoke.